Hey everyone, welcome back to Listen For Real. I'm Jennifer Brown and it is a good day. I have such a good, I have good fortune and here's why. Because this podcast is also a way that I can kind of have a backdoor method to getting to know people I really want to know better. And Sherry Williams is one of those people. I am so excited to have you here, Sherry. Welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you for the invite. You are welcome. Okay. So quick, quick origin story, everybody. I met Sherry through a mastermind we were in um, through Women Speak Work. And that's a body of work where you find your voice and you articulate it more powerfully. It's something a lot of people struggle with. And so I met Sherry there. And one of the things that I find amazing about her and I thought would be the perfect topic about a topic for today is the heroine's journey. And the heroine's journey looks different for every human being. But it is so important, hero or heroine, okay? Because not everyone who listens to this podcast identifies as female. And this is an all-inclusive, that person's journey. So uh, the first thing I want to do is jump into this and just say, Sherry, you and I, we have uh, so many different lived experiences. And my whole goal in in being the antidote to the echo chamber is that I am surrounding myself with people who have a different lived experience, who have a different knowledge base and a wisdom that was hard won that I didn't, I don't have. And by talking with them, by getting to know them, by becoming dear friends and, and delving into some of the hard stuff of life, I get to expand my perspective and hopefully shift it where necessary. And I just thank you for being one of those people for me. Thank you. Thank you. So tell us about, do you want to give us a little bit of story? If you had to say, here's my heroine's journey, would you share a little bit about that? And then I'll share a little bit about mine and how we differ and how we, we come together and, and then let's take some topics up. Okay, sure. So the heroine's journey for myself came about through a reflection um, when I was in my 40s or 50s, and I started really seeing what had gone on in my life, how I had grown, and how it was so different from so many other people's and the expectations that might have come about. So like many of us, you know, we had what I call the hot mess of a childhood. And it started with, uh, you know, molesting when I was a young girl, to a hot mess in the household, to um, losing my family because of disconnection uh, while I was married to my first husband. Then with my first husband, as we went through this struggle without family and trying to be on our own. We got into drugs. I became a drug addict, um, started stripping for money. Then it turned very easily into prostitution. Um, he passed away. I went through addictions, prostitution, and there were rele- revelations that came about at many different times where I was like, this is my life. What's going on? This is my life. Why does it look like this? And fast forward a few years, 
um, decades, actually. I ended up going back to school. I went to college. I graduated at 50 years of age. I had a bachelor's of science degree. And um, through all of that, I had landscaping. I was a roofer. I was a street surveyor. I was a yoga teacher. Then I got into the other aspects, and now I'm a physical scientist. Um, and it, when I think about all those little elements of my life, I began to realize how important they all were, every single one of them, the darkest of the dark. And that was where the mastermind, Women Speak, came about because it was just bubbling up, but I didn't know how to speak it. So here I am today. Okay, so you said something in our email exchange, I have to tell you, and I think it's it's super relevant. You just said, and you said it here too, that every single aspect of your past, no matter how dark or unsavory it might've been, has, is a key element to who you are now and that none of it is wrong, bad, failure. You know, we put labels on things, at least I do. And, and it's a part of you, it's a part of that formation. But for me, I would look at that as that's something I need to hide. That's something I need to run from. That's something I need to cover up or paint, put with paint, paint over and make it look better and more palatable. Um, if, especially if it was behavior that was unacceptable or not socially approved, right? I'm using yeah. my air quotes for those who <laughs> are listening. And um, that's that, that doesn't yield anything, but well, it's more darkness. I look at all those things as putting more cloak on aspects of my life and therefore who I am. And so I'm covering it up. I'm covering it up and darkness. There's no yield there when we can strip those things away and pull things off and expose them to the light of day. There's such a, a beauty and an acceptance in that. And, and so I love that. I mean, was that always that way though? I mean, not everybody goes, yeah, I was once a prostitute. I was once an addict. I mean, we don't usually lead with that. Right. And so there is a part of me that wonders, okay, but cause I know there's aspects of me I'm in 12 step recovery. I struggle with, um, with addiction and, um, in a number of ways and mm -hmm. isn't something I'm so proud of but it is so important. It is clearly the path um, that led me to where I am now. And I want to be where I am now. And I know where I want to go. Yeah. Will you? Yeah, go ahead. So it wasn't a hop, skip and a, and a la, la, la through the flowers. There was a lot of, um, okay, I'm going to quit doing drugs. I'm going to, you know, get a job. I'm going to do this. Um, a dozen times of, falling back down. And I think that that's where the winds come from. There was, you know, with the drug addiction, even, um, I thought I had, you know, kicked it. A uh, story I, I share is I was in a grocery store and somebody coughed this horrible sounding cough on an exile. And I was right back into overdose mode. Like my brain heard this, my body reacted, I was perfectly safe, standing in an aisle in a grocery store. 
um, it, so it was like, okay, wow, this is really crazy. You know, there was a part of me that knew I was perfectly safe, but something in me still held that. And I think, I believe fully that that's what the process is and the progress happens is we, we hit moments when we reflect and each reflection is an awareness and each awareness is another gift. Mm. And they get stronger and you get more belief in them to, to let them go. Um, yeah. I, I, I think that that's where the, the awareness brings the light. The awareness takes the light and shines it on the shadow. And then the shadow doesn't have as much power. Then that yeah. darkness becomes a little lighter. Yeah. How do you though? Okay. So as you say that, how do we not put all the qualifiers on it? So if we just see something for what it is, like I'm good at beating myself up, right? Condemning myself, being my worst critic. Many of us struggle with that. How do you quiet that voice and amplify one that is just more, let's look at this with great grace and compassion and empathy. I mean, was that, is that something that you journeyed through to get to this spot? Cause that's something I struggle with. Yeah. So here I stand, I'm 57 years old and, um, it, it's the feeling. And I know that this sounds kind of amorphous to a lot of people, but when I even have those moments, right. It doesn't feel good. Right. Can we all, we can all agree that you, you just, you're down, you're ugly. It's like you're beating yourself up. And I, the way I handle it is I don't like the way that feels. How can I do something that makes me feel different? If it's going into a different mental room in my house, instead of being in the ugly mental room where I'm beating myself up and I go, Oh God, this is gross. You know, like you're having family dinner and the conversation gets ugly. You just want to go to another room, right? Mm -hmm. you, you get up and maybe you go to the powder room. Mm -hmm. Um, and you can catch a breath. And that's mm -hmm. the, the trick is when you catch yourself doing it is a win. When you catch yourself doing it and you can take yourself out of that room, bigger win. Um, not to say, I mean, we all were human and I go, I still go down my own paths with that. Uh, but I think that, well, I know that that's how I do it. It's like, if it feels ugly, who won? I don't want to feel ugly. I've had enough of that in my life. So I take the ugly step and the ugly feel and go watch a puppy movie. <laughs> God love puppy movies. Okay. So here's my question though. How do, how is that different from disassociation and dropping out of our body, which many of us have done physically, uh, maybe because of atrocities committed against us, whatever, or numbing for me, I've used food, I've used alcohol, I've used codependency relationships. I've definitely used those things to 
leave that room. So how do we differentiate that? Because I know that's something I am trying to learn and I know those are my go-tos. So I just, first of all, I just have to own that those are my go-tos and that they don't serve me. Um, what do you, what, uh, you know what I mean? So the, so are we talking about your continuing re- revisiting an event? Yeah. yeah, because like when you talked about, um, I go into this room and it's yucky and I'm beating myself up. So I leave the room. I, I heard leave the room and I heard do all those other things I just mentioned. Uh, know what I'm saying? Okay. So what I, you have to fully recognize and own that, that is, that is what's coming at you. Leaving the room is not saying, okay, I'm not going to pretend that it doesn't exist. Leaving the room is leaving it to find a different perspective. Okay. Okay. So can you give me an example from your own life um, or a story from your own life to help drive that home? Okay. Let's see. So while I was a prostitute there, I call it the, uh, the price is right. Because you never knew what was going to be behind door number one, door two, or door number three. You could have a hot mess on the other side. You could have, you know, a drunk. You could have, yeah, right. So I walk into a literal room. It is not the ideal situation. Um, so I can go into that room be in the place of my work. I leave the room. I have a perspective of a human being that is energetically kind of hanging on. It's, it was it's all up in here. Um, and it doesn't feel good. And again, it these were conscious moments all the time. It's upon looking back to say, you know, how the heck did I get through all of this? And the going to the other room comes when I would say that human man has his life and his life is his life. I am here. I'm in my full body. I'm okay. I have a life that I need to live, to focus on. And if there was something bad that happened, I would say, let's work on not, I would say not doing that again, but not allowing it to go. Um, It's still the lessons that I think it always comes back to, it's such a word that lessons, but I I said this to you earlier, they're like data points and instructions that life is giving us. Here's a data point that doesn't feel good. What instruction can I take from that to go and do something different, to imbibe in myself something different? Where did I go that I was successful in doing what I'm beating myself up for, for not doing now? 
It's so interesting that, gosh, I always think, you know what I think of? I think in terms of album covers and book titles. And, and so it just came to my mind is that, that some of the greatest wisdom of the universe could come um, out of a room where, you know, a pro, where prostitution occurs. Like people, people so discount, like one of the, it's actually what, isn't it one of the oldest careers in history or there's some phrase they use this. There is a phrase. Okay. Yeah. And since the, the beginning of time, right. And, but of course, culture attaches judgments and meaning, et cetera, on everything, not just prostitution. Okay. But it's so funny. Like what you just said, my brain just wanted to go, go, oh my gosh. Okay. Why do we make it so hard? Sometimes it is really actually quite simple. Like you're a soul in a body. That's a soul in a body. And there is a way to reframe this as my friend, Julia Nicholson puts it, we're reframing how we're looking at the exact same situation. And so that's what I just gained from what you said. I know you're saying more than that, but there's really a simplicity in reframing it, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's almost a secret that it's not a secret. It's just an awareness. Yeah. Can be engaged in your life. Um, and the awareness, it, it can become more frequent. It can become more natural. It becomes a, a, a reflection. It, when you do it, I'm doing a little quote, air quotes, air quotes now. <laughs> um, when you do that thing, there comes a moment where the reflection comes faster. So you can take yourself to the different room because it doesn't serve you to stay in that room. But we're still human and those things happen. And it just is the data point to move through it. What's what's the time when you were successful in this, um, this, chore this event or this conversation um and then reflect upon and sometimes the reflection is not going to be supportive for you to continue to to go back to where that was and then that's a that's a different vision that has to come so is is our shame and pain one of the rooms like i'm now picturing everything in terms of a room for a minute so if shame and pain live in a room together I loved your, um, your reference, um, in a previous, uh, it was in the mastermind. And I know we talked about it before we got on this call. It was the idea that they're like apps on a phone that are running in the background, just draining you, draining you of that life force of your energy, of your joy. So will you talk a little bit more about that? Like how you made that step out of shame and pain or how, when you have those moments, because I don't think they ever completely go away. At least they haven't yet for me, although I'm working on it, maybe they do. Awesome. And, but, or we see them with new eyes and they go away a lot more quickly, but will you talk about your experience with pain and shame, either by way of a story or just how you've closed that app? So it's not draining you. 
because I need to hear that. <laughs> so again, yeah. I know everyone else, you all want to hear this too, because who doesn't have some struggle with shame or pain? Yes, they're definitely in my life. Um, the shameful, how could I have done that mm. moments? Mm-hmm. And shame comes about both as both as an element of what society's morality puts upon us, uh, what our belief systems are. They are they are aspects of everything that's external. So if we have done an action that we are ashamed of, can we take that moment and say, it doesn't, I did the best I could. This is, this is, I did the best I could in the time, in the place I was at when that act or action came out of me. And when we start to take shame to acknowledge it, that we experienced internally, totally soulfully, something that is so welcome as we appear and begin to come external. When we own the shame, it's that I learned something, right? You can say this in your head. I learned something from this. I saw something of myself in this. I, if it's, you know, some of the things are really bad. So if it's something I did that was really bad, I can own that I did it. I can own where it took me. I can own the darkness. Mm-hmm. And it does not have to present itself any longer forward. And that's the closing of the app. You say, I did the best I could in the moment when that happened. Mm -hmm. And here I am standing today, the person I am, that does not have to have a bearing and influence other than the wisdom as I go forward. Because again, it's lighter. Once you acknowledge awareness is lighter than any darkness of any event that's ever happened. And is it a practice to get here? Yes, it is, because our mind wants to keep berating us um, and say that, well, society says this. And, and society is a belief system that you carry because your right. beliefs are going to be different than my beliefs mm-hmm. on what a shame is um, and what is shameful. Right. I was just writing that down. Go ahead. Oh, well, I was just thinking about, wait a minute. Shame is totally an external thing. You start talking about external and I realized, wait a minute, shame comes because there's something outside of me that is there to say, you're wrong. You're not falling in line with our expectations, et cetera, et cetera. So shame, actually, we can live without shame, I think, because if you are so rooted in who you are and what you do, even if you make a mistake, suddenly whatever's external, it's like you have a a healthy boundary there. And so I actually think it is possible to have a life without shame, as I heard you just describe that. I almost wonder if we're using the wrong words societally, because I think we need another word for when I feel out of alignment, out of integrity with what feels 
what I feel I should be doing. I don't think that's shame. Do you know what I'm saying? So for example, I, um, I quit drinking about 62 days ago after a 35 year love affair with, um, alcohol and any, most of the people around me were all stunned and like, you're kidding. Wait, you have a problem, but let me tell you something. It was out of alignment for me now because I knew what was going on in my head and it was all well and good that I could drink air quotes normally (laughs) and in society and cultures, um, air quotes, normal way, but every once in a while I would have way too much and I'd be blackout drunk. Well, that happened in December and it was like the final straw. And I felt I woke up with that classic I alcohol poisoning. I'm literally dying. Please. My organs are shutting down. It's alcohol poisoning. I don't know why I think it's any different, but I at 51 thought I could drink like I was 20 and the usual drill and I'm dying and I'm having dry heaves in the back of my rented minivan and we're in Savannah. I mean, just it's all the stuff, right? And I had a video from the night before because the friends we were with took it when we were in this piano bar, right? And it's me and I'm swaying and I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm gone. I'm totally gone. And I looked at that video and I felt shame and I woke up that next morning and everybody were on a vacation with two other, three other friends and everybody's ready to go to brunch and have crab cakes and mimosas. And I'm having dry heaves in the back of the rented minivan. And, you know, I still got puke in my hair. That's shame, right? Okay. So this is a long story for a I, is that, is that really a source of shame? But it was the impetus that said, I'm done. This no longer serves me. This is no longer, even if it's happened once a year or once a month, it doesn't matter. This no longer serves me because this is no longer in alignment with who I am and who I want to be and where I'm moving forward. That is not in alignment. That's not the person I want to be. And that is a weakness. And I can't predict when that's going to happen. And if that means I simply don't choose to pick up a glass of wine or, or, or drink anymore, so be it. Right. So, but I, I'm struggling with, um, the difference between shame where it's societally externally put on us and I'm simply out of alignment and integrity with who I am or who I'm called to be. What, will you flesh that out with me? Because that, that's a tough one for me. You know what I mean? Our lives are, some people could disagree with this comment that's coming out. Our lives are meant to be our life. Our lives are not dependent upon the external people that are in them no matter how close they are, they are meant to be our life, our journey, and our grand epiphanies. And that internal guidance that you carried on your own, that's, that's your soul, that's your heart saying, and I had similar moments. Those were the ones that however many times I did it until it actually was successful and continuing. That's the, that's the thing. That's the time. That's the trigger. That's the, the awe, the A-W-E. That's like be in awe of the beautiful self and soul where your heart could speak and you heard it. And it's not 
it's it's not shame it is wonder it is brilliance it is um just this grand total awareness of who you are as your individual self moving through this place we call earth and life and finding our way finding what's true finding what is it that feels right what is it that feels true and if it doesn't feel true then that's telling us to try something different and if that doesn't work try something else different um so all that happened to you was your soul learning yourself and the truth okay you just gave me the biggest epiphany ah okay so you know how in everything uh, I believe this to be true. In some circles, it's called when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Or um, that when we finally arrive to a place, suddenly it's the right time. In this, in in twelve step recovery, they'll say you'll arrive when you're ready. You know, there's all kinds of phrases for the same thing I'm about to say, and it's that that awe and that wonder of who I am and who I am growing into suddenly was big enough that it eclipsed the other behaviors that I went, that isn't. It's like the scale had to tip. Do you see what I'm saying? So, cause I kept wondering, I've known this in deep in the back of my mind that, that, you know, my identity as the party girl and and different things in some ways was wonderful. I'm a I'm just this live large, wow, let's go person. Totally. And and I love people and I love connecting and I love dancing and laughing. And so it fit perfectly into my my world. I built a whole world around it. And so that happened to include a lot of wine, right? But yeah, I, I I think that what happened is the scales tipped in that awe and that wonder of what's possible and what I see in myself as more, because I crave more in a really good way of this life that I'm living and, and that I could be of service and that I can create and work and collaborate with amazing people like you and, and do meaningful work. And that that has become so much more awe-inspiring that that's why the scale tipped and this was the time because why now that was not my first drunk that was not my first blackout that was not the first time i had dry heaves and couldn't go to brunch that was not the first time i was swaying ridiculously and bumming a cigarette which i don't smoke off of a bouncer coming out of a piano bar like who does that okay <laughs> i'm just trying like, in, the, in, the, in the time of covid you know, that seemed like a great idea Could I, you know, because he doesn't have one left. So he goes, because I'm like, my husband's right there, too. He's like, oh, Jen. And, and I'm like, uh, I really want one. Do you have one? Can I bum a smoke? And he's like, I, I don't. I, this is the last one I have. It's like half smoked. So he gives it to me. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> Who does that? I do. I do. Winning. So. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like that, what a beautiful, so now I can laugh, thank God. I mean, if we can't laugh, we're just gonna cry, right? I mean, that's where the shame likes to come in. 
and I, I'm just not going to give myself over to that now. So thank you for fleshing that out with me. This is still so front of mind. And so these last few episodes, it's obviously um, it's front of mind because it's something I'm I'm it's very new for me to be, you know, a couple months sober in after 35 years. So I'm I'm having to look at things with fresh eyes. And so it seems like every episode, hi audience. Yep. Here we are in Jen's recovery program again. I should just rename this podcast because it keeps going back there and that's not my intention, but I like to go where the conversation leads. That's the whole point, right? Is yeah. the things we're learning sometimes happen right here in real time. I mean, well, that's mostly what happens on these conversations is I learn things in real time, having a conversation with someone that is just, um, there's such a beautiful vulnerability to these conversations. And that's always my hope is, do I show up authentic and real and relational and engaging and have life altering communication with someone else? And are they, mm -hmm. am I able to gift that to them as well? You know, my mission as I've decided to come forward with these very, what could be shameful, stories and epiphanies of my life is I my mission is to transform the definition of trauma transform the definition of shame mm. um, to something that if you even mention it society is going to go oh my god you are one of those you traveled through that darkness and here you are now so that it it has a whole different feel to this journey that, you know, um, I was talking to someone about handcuffs and, um, you know, like just over brunch, <laughs> handcuffs, yeah, just over brunch. <laughs> yeah. and, and it's like, you know, there's people who know what handcuffs feel like to be on them. And they're, just in the same way, there's people who are handcuffed by the life that they have experienced in all the phases of it. They are one in the same. They are gifts to have the awe and wonder of yourself and who you are in today. And if you're still in the hot mess of that, it's it's okay. You every single time you have that awakening, there's going to be. I love your expression, the eclipse. You know, it eclipses it um, when the time comes, right? Yeah. Let's take a quick break and come back and delve into this a little more. We'll be right back. And we are back. Okay, so I should always record our breaks because some of the best stuff comes up when we go on break. 
just now we were talking about the messy part of the hero or the heroine's journey and not being so attached to the things that aren't right or don't go as planned or are wrong air quotes. Again, we got a lot of air quotes. This may be, this may be the air quote um, episode. <laughs> will you, will you talk, reflect more on that? Because that was, um, I loved what you were saying about that. And I really want to, I want to understand that more deeply. The messy part. The messy part of the, so when we, we take off on our, we have a vision, you know, something, something in our, our world isn't, isn't good, or we have something external that makes us have to do something different. The, the messy part of the, of the journey comes along when we start making decisions or we take a step forward and it's not what we ex expected it to be. And so there is a mandatory forgiveness and compassion that has to come about that you are doing steps that move you forward, that are going to open doors. There's lots of doors. They are not all identical, obviously. Mm -hmm. And if you pick that door and it doesn't feel good to have enough compassion to say, I'm going to go back and I can choose another door. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with the decision I made for that door. So that is the grand forgiveness that you also have to find in yourself to say, you know, I, I tried. And um, as I say, it's, it's a forgiveness greater than any of the missteps you might take and the falls that, that come about because what's required is you keep going on the journey. Um, I say that we're all here born worthy to be who we are and who we are for us. Mm -hmm. And to stop on the journey is not being worthy to who you were born to be. So that compassion has to go with you without harm, foul, and shame, um, and take the stumbles, get up and keep going. Yeah. Let's, let's go by way of personal story. So for me, as I'm listening, and I'd love you to share where you've learned this. So something messy you've come through and you hold yourself in the light of far greater compassion for me, as you were talking, I'm, I'm in my second marriage. Uh, I've just been married three or four years and uh, my first marriage was about 20 and I, and the second marriage is not perfect as most of them are not. And we have our struggles and I've had a lot of questioning of myself. And this is something I've talked about before. So I'm not unearthing something my husband or others don't know, but I've just struggled with, Oh, the reasons I got married seem very different than why I'm married now. And we've just had to really wrestle with some stuff. And I really beat myself up about a year or two years ago. What was I thinking? I made the best decision I could at the time. But wait, did I have any business getting remarried, et cetera? I was just battling all of this. But as you're talking, that self-condemnation um, 
it just doesn't yield anything. That compassion of, Jen, you were operating out of the best place you were at the time with the knowledge you had and the experience you had and the desires and, you know, longings of your heart at that time. So you may be in a different place where you're seeing things differently now. And so we work through that as my husband and I are, but I'm still wrestling with that because I, I, I really want to beat myself up for sure. So can you, by way of story, talk about you, one of your messies, because we all have a million of them. I mean, I know my audience right now, they're thinking as they're joining this conversation with you and I, Sherry, that they're probably thinking of some of their messies or their mind is going off to something they feel badly about. Do you want to talk more about that? See, there's so many. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. There's so many. There's so many. <laughs> um, yeah, my messies would be, you know, having the greatest of intentions, um, kick the drugs, got a job, was doing really well. And then um, and I think sometimes they're meant to come into our path just to mess with us, just to say, have you really, have you really? Let's investigate this a little bit. So in my, I, I had a job, I was doing good. I had a person come into my world and I thought I could handle the appearance of a drug type person back in my life. I was clean. I wasn't doing drugs. I was strong. And the temptation started coming and I was good. I'm good. No, nope, I'm going to leave the house. Until I didn't one day. And the conversation in the head, um, many of us had, oh, it's fine. It's just one time. I'm going to, you know, it, I, I can do this, right? It's easy, easy. Until the next weekend came. And then two weekends after that. And then, oh, wait, well, I'll go in on it with you this time. Because I'm a giver. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm a giver, not a taker. <laughs> but I'm still good because I'm showing up to work every day during the week. I'm still good. I'm still good. I may come in looking a little rough on Mondays, but I'm still good. So not going to give you the full timeline, but it came to, it got messy. I was calling in sick. Um, I was going in have these on a Thursday. So we'd make sure we had the drugs on a Friday. Um, and I fell. I didn't fall so hard in this particular instance because when I fell, I saw a reflection of, Siri, you haven't You've missed like seven days of work in the last two weeks. You didn't pay your electric bill. You, 
And I remember it was similar the next morning that you had going, wow, is this, is this happening again? And, you know, it was four o'clock in the morning. I'd been up all night. Um, so it got messy. And how does, how do you extract yourself and how do you take the, oh, the silly word pride just came up in me. That is not the word I want, but how, you know, how do you find your self-being? Self-worth, self-being. Is that what you mean? Back, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Back, back in when you have really stumbled, fallen and the awareness was enough to let's just call it. I was ashamed at that point and, and myself that how could you do this? This is now, let's call it the sixth time that mm -hmm. you backslid. You thought mm -hmm. you could do it. You said you could do it. You were strong enough to do it. Yeah. Obviously you're not. Um, and I picked myself up and in a few weeks after that, there was a lot of owning what I had gone through and there was a strength about me on the other side of it that hadn't, it was a different list of strength in me that said, I see where I'm going and I see what I can't do. Let's make note of this uh, for our future. Um, and I think there was one more time after that, and then I was done. I really owned the lesson. I took in the compassion from all the other times that I fell and said, you know, I was still figuring it out. And there, I was still figuring it out. Because <laughs> sometimes it just takes that. Um, of seeing the whole picture, and when you look back at something and not uh, owning not owning that you were wrong in going there. Mm -hmm. You were fully exploring in you, who you are in this place, in this world, as your own sovereign self. Mm -hmm. That, oh, and then that, oh, and then there was that, mm -hmm. and then there was this. <laughs> and it comes into the greatest of growth pop up potential uh, that's it for me that's how I kind of went through all of the the uglies and the hiccups and the messies and the trips is you just kind of move through well and you know what I was thinking is there are moments well I'm asking the question are there moments okay. where shame has value because it's the impetus that moves us or is it not really shame that I'm thinking of, is it rigorous honesty? Is it clarity and just, okay, I'm in the same boat and it's 4am and I feel crappy and I can't believe I'm here again. Is right. it just clear eyes? And it's not shame at all. It's clarity. Clarity. I love that. I absolutely, I'm going to. It's all yours. <laughs> oh, I, I'm just so excited because Yes, that's that is it in the the grandest of 
Oh my, I'm just blown away here. I'm personally standing here like clarity. I wish in my life, wherever that word shame comes up to use the word clarity. Clarity, right. Because shame. Okay. So back to your talking about it earlier, it's mm. external. It's, it's, it's negative. Um, it may be the impetus that moves us at times. Um, but again, do we cross a threshold mm. where suddenly it can be clarity that is the impetus that moves us? Yeah. And the shame, Ugh. the shame of my moment that I just explained is the people who would be disappointed in me. Oh right? God, yes. Yeah. The, mm. the, the parents that haven't talked to me in seven years. Oh, they're so right. I'm a piece of crap. Oh, you know, yep. mm -hmm. that's, that's where it stems from. But if I go to why I didn't do things anymore, it wasn't for them. It was because I had clarity on how ugly it felt in that moment when I had let myself down. Oh my gosh. Shame is how ugly I am. Uh, clarity is how ugly it felt. <laughs> right? Y'all, right. y'all, well, you're welcome for this amazing therapy session you're getting because <laughs> you're welcome. Someone call Oprah stat. This is good stuff. This is good. I don't care who you are. This is good stuff. <laughs> Gosh, dang it. Right? Shame yeah. is how ugly I am. I'm bad. Clarity is that that was an ugly thing. That doesn't fall in alignment with who I am and the beauty of who I am. Bam. Bam. Gosh, dang it. Oh, I love that so much. Yeah. Yeah. That's a better heroine's journey. And that, that, that's, that's, I love this. Thank you and for this. Just, yeah. And, and stack them up. These are all things that stack up from the time that we're little. And that's our journey. That's the heroine's journey. Yeah. Going through all that messy mm. because it's not a smooth trip. There's mm -mm. turbulence. Mm -mm. Um, yeah. 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 Messy. When you have a little clarity, you can wade through the messy and you can just, you can pull things away and move things to the side and you're more equipped to create something clean from it. If you've got clear, clear eyes, you know, oh, my friend, this is awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Y'all would you just connect with us on on instagram if you have thoughts about this um i don't know it, it may be that you could completely disagree and go nope because remember this is the antidote to the echo chamber this is you know uh, this is hmm, what is this is what this is a place where I really want people to join the conversation and feel like they're a part of it. It is my hope that when Sherry and I are talking, you're going, yes. Oh my gosh. I want you to feel like you're in your car, you're walking along, you're in your kitchen, wherever you are. And you're going, you're right here with us having this conversation and that you can chime in that. Cause I, 
I, I say in my work all the time, keep speaking. It matters. Keep listening deeply. It matters. Well, that includes you all. You're an important part of this community and this real conversation. And so I just ask you check in with us. I'm at being real Jen. It's in the show notes and Sherry is at a greater. Hold on. A greater love. A greater love, but it's really clever. She's so dang clever. A greater love, A-G-R-8, like the number, E-R-L-O-V-E. And you can find it in the show notes as well. But we would love it if you connect with us and tell us what you what your what your messy is if you want or what you were thinking about this or your perspective because there are more perspectives than mine there are more perspectives than Sherry's but Sherry I just love and appreciate you and oh this friendship you're stuck with me sister we are going to be friends for a long time and I want these conversations to continue it's just so rich and I'm grateful for the way you have just spoken into into me and my life today. I, I could not have anticipated um, where this conversation would go in the incredible awakenings I just had, but thank you. Thank you, my friend. And such a treasure, such a treasure. Thank you very much. All right, y'all, we'll see you next week. Please keep listening deeply to one another and listen for real. We'll talk to you soon. Listen for Real is produced in Rockland, California, and is edited and mixed with the help of Mark Edward. Our music, entitled Zero, is written and performed by Shannon Curtis. If you believe conversations like these belong in the world, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And even better, share it with someone else as a real conversation starter. We'll see you next week.